Welcome to the Transit Lounge. I'm your host, Chandra. As a recovering workaholic, I want to explore how you can do more of what you love without burning out. I'm on a mission to promote true well-being, the contented state of being happy, healthy, and prosperous. Through interviews with savvy entrepreneurs, authors, and industry experts, we'll share insights, inspiration, and practical tips on how you can be CEO you in the business of your life. Let's go. Hey, welcome to another episode of the Transit Lounge podcast. My name's Chandra and I am your host for today. Today's episode is exploring that crazy, annoying, elusive thing of the New Year's resolution. Now, you might be wondering why I am talking about this technically so late in the year. This is due to go to air or to be released on the 14th of January. And the reason why I am talking about this now is that there's lots and lots of talk about it in the lead up. In fact, I was one of the people talking about it in the lead up to the new year and quite a bit around the first couple of days. But what happens is that a huge percentage of people will have by the 14th of January already failed and abandoned their New Year's resolutions. And so I wanted to talk about that now. In fact, I read somewhere recently that apparently less than 10% of people actually stick to or achieve their New Year's resolutions. So that's a massive percentage of people who are not either sticking to or achieving them. And so for you, you're potentially in one of three places or three types of people. One is you thought about setting your goals and you have set goals for this year. That's one type of person. You might be someone who has thought about setting goals, but you haven't had a chance to do it yet. And that can sometimes seem a bit weird that you haven't done it by now, but actually it's super common. Or the third type of person that you might be is that you're actually just not even interested. But I'm wondering whether if you're not interested in that at all, whether you would be listening to this podcast. Curious. Anyway, you're probably one of those three people. And so the reality is for those of us who do actually set goals, and I do think of them actually as being different things. I don't really set New Year's resolutions. I use the time of year as a bit of leverage, I guess, to make me more specifically think a bit longer term or bigger picture about what I want to achieve and where I'm going in my work and life. But I don't really think of them as resolutions. I prefer to focus on, and I find that for myself, actually setting goals have far more sticking power than resolutions do, for me anyway. There are a couple of reasons why goals and resolutions do fail. Some of those reasons include that they're actually unclear. They're too vague, too big potentially and conceptual and not broken down to be specific enough. Or they could be actually goals or resolutions that you set because you think you should. And that's a dangerous word, should, I think. (laughs) There, There could be that you're setting goals or resolutions that are actually not aligned to what's most important to you really and you're just focusing on surface level things and therefore when they're not aligned you'll end up running out of willpower and you'll just I guess at the first hurdle will drop 
whatever the new habit or behavior is. That can happen when you're kind of setting goals or resolutions that are not yours. They're actually about what somebody else wants or somebody else expects. As a coach, part of what I do with my clients is to help them set and take action towards achieving their goals and to achieve them. And when I was studying and training to be a coach, I was told about this story of a Harvard or Yale University study that was apparently done where of the graduating class, apparently only about 3% of people had written their goals down for what they wanted to achieve in the future. And then those same graduates were followed up 20 years later and that that 3% of people who had written their goals down was found to be earning something like 10 times the average of what the whole group um, had compared to the people who had not written their goals down. And so this is often used as incentive, I guess, to encourage people to uh, write their goals down. But some research that was done a few years ago discovered that that research study was actually a complete urban myth. It never actually happened or there's no evidence of it happening. However, because it was being talked about so much, there was a university and it is called the, I think it's the University of Dominica. They actually did in 2015, they did a study to find out whether there was any sort of benefit in having goals and uh, any sort of different conditions that helped people with their goals. And they did, they found three main takeouts of observations of the impact of how you can create the most success or give set yourself up for the most success with setting goals. So we're going to talk about that today. So the three main things that that study in 2015 found was uh, that people who had written down their goals achieved far more than those that did not write them down, that just sort of kept them in their head. The second thing was that the people who made some kind of public commitment, public announcement, shared what they were wanting to achieve with at least one other person, achieved more than those who just wrote them down or who didn't write them down. And the third thing was a really positive impact of accountability. So people who sent some sort of weekly update or progress report or had some sort of weekly conversation to follow up and check in on how they were going achieve more than anyone else so if you had them written down you shared it publicly with at least one other person and you had regular accountability check-ins those people achieved significantly way way more than people who just did any of the other variations so they're the three takeouts that for me I try to focus on for myself and when I'm working with my clients and I read something the other day recently about accountability in that These days, human beings often do not actually have enough accountability in their life and work. I guess if you've got a massive micromanaging boss, then maybe you might feel like you've got enough accountability. But for a lot of people, there was a study done, and I'm not sure if I'll be remembering it correctly, but it was along the lines of that people were asked that if they had made a decision for themselves, they'd committed to something for themselves that they were going to do, or not do anymore, that if they didn't follow through with that, if they didn't do the thing that they said they were going to do, who would know? And something like more than 80% of people said that no one would actually know, even people that were in committed and positive relationships. 
And so this is, I guess, become something I'm really curious about in my own life. What are those boundaries of accountability that I set for myself and how can I use that insight of knowing that accountability does really help you? How can I use that to leverage my results even more? So one of the things that I have done is made the decision that this year I'm working again one-on-one with a coach. Last year I was part, and the year before, I was part of a mastermind group, which is a small group that is facilitated and led by a couple of people. And that was great for me, but I decided that I needed and wanted to up-level the level of accountability I was setting myself up for. And for me, I saw that working one-on-one with a coach was going to up the ante on that a little bit. And interestingly, my brief to that coach was one of the things that I wanted her to support me with was to not let me hide and to play small. So it's going to be interesting to see how I guess that shows up and how that plays out as I continue to work with her over the the coming months. One of the other things that goes horribly wrong for a lot of people in my observation when they are setting some kind of resolution or goal and it doesn't work for them is that they just stay, as I mentioned earlier, a bit too big picture, a bit too conceptual. And what you really need to do is actually to break it down into small actionable steps because when it's too big a chunk of an outcome, whether that's an earning goal, whether that's changing your work life where you're going to go from being employed in one industry to changing to a whole other industry or whether you're going to uh, create your own business or something that seems like quite a leap, you can want it and you can feel like that's going to be good for me. But if you just leave it at that level, your brain can get overwhelmed and Therefore, you're more likely to procrastinate or just not take any action. And partly that's because there isn't any specific action to be taken. It's just this conceptual outcome over there that you want to maybe do or achieve someday. And so one of the things that I often say when I'm running workshops and things like that is to break down any goal into some small specific action steps because procrastination and overwhelm are often just the fear of not knowing the first step. So if you clarify the goal and then break it right down into the first step, you're more likely to see how you can take that step and therefore get a little bit of progress going and some momentum happening. When I think about a goal, what I mean by that or what I think a goal is, is a clear outcome or aspiration that you are wanting to head to or achieve and that's really kind of the first step I think of achievement and progress is identifying where do you want to go what do you want to achieve what does success look like to you but you can't stay there the other thing that can go wrong is that when you set a goal is that there's some kind of underlying vibe that where you're at right now and what you're doing and achieving right now is somehow wrong. And I am big on stressing that that's not the case. I believe that everything is happening for a reason. Everything is teaching you something or corralling you down a certain path of action. And so to park 
any kind of self-judgment or criticism or when you use goals as a big stick to kind of beat yourself up for not already having done it or achieved it. And I do see that quite a bit come up with clients in my workshops that I run around this. So uh, I really just want to stress that, that setting goals doesn't mean that what you've been doing or where you're at right now is not good enough. It's perfect for where you're at right now. And so now it's just about how do you continue to grow in the direction that you want to grow instead of just waiting passively to see what shows up. So I want to share a couple of things that you can do so that you can, I guess, maybe shift if you've made a New Year's resolution or you've set some goals for the year and you're already feeling a little bit wobbly about them, then how can you maybe just get back on track? If you haven't already set any goals, but it is something that you want to do, then these tips will help you as well. So number one is to make sure that when you're thinking about setting some kind of goal, make sure that it is actually really aligned to who you are, who you're wanting to be. And I guess when you think about your highest self, your best self, make sure that it's aligned to that and to your priorities and try not to get caught up in other people's expectation even though you might love those people and care about those people ultimately your core goal setting should be about you and who you are and how you want to show up in the world and that will ultimately help those other people no matter what the relationship is in your life try not to come from looking at other people's perspective come at it first from your own and then you can consider then when you expand on the action that needs to be taken but the starting point is to look at it from your own priorities and your own aspirations and desires another thing to do which is a little bit of a hack that i came across a few years ago which i love because you may have heard of the smart goal setting model i'm not really a fan of that i don't really use it i, I maybe am um, a bit too impatient or something but one of the things that i have found useful is to make sure that whenever i write a goal or i work with clients on writing goals that they include something specific and the easiest way to do that is to include a number and so the number could be a number of things. It could be a dollar amount. It could be a percentage or it could be a date. Any of those will ensure that your goal is specific and measurable. You'll be able to see whether or not you have made progress on that goal or whether you've achieved it. If you don't include any of those, the risk is, and that may not be applicable in every single goal that you are trying to write but in my experience if I don't include one of those the goal tends to be a little vague and when you have vague goals you tend to get vague results so try even if the first draft of the goal that you write doesn't include any kind of number write it first and then look and see how can you include a number in that goal so just a, recapping again, the ways you can include a number is a number of things or an actual number, a, a date, a dollar amount or a percentage. Any one of those will give you the measurability that you want to have. A, another little tip for you is to then once you've written that goal is to see that as the destination, but to know that you're not going to suddenly just wake up there. There's a process that is going to get you from where you are right now to there. And the, the approach that I tend to take is to think about how do I create processes and systems and habits 
that I'm going to do right now and this week and next week that are going to help me chip away and close the gap between where I am now and achieving that goal. And it's more important for you to focus on the system that is going to create the goal result than just the goal itself because the goal is this aspiration whereas the process and the system is the action. So it's really important that you break that down. If we leverage the information from the study that was done in 2015, share your goal with at least one other person, a trusted friend. If you have a coach, then obviously share that with them. Maybe it's a partner. But when you declare to someone else, hey, I'm really wanting to work on improving blah, 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 or achieving blah, 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 they can be a bit of an accountability buddy for you. They can uh, help you just by you declaring it increases your skin in the game and so I really encourage you to find someone it could be a Facebook group it could be a person to publicly declare here's something that I'm putting out there as a a goal and aspiration for me this year and then again the other aspect of the results from the study is setting up some kind of regular check-in so if you've declared and shared your goal with someone else then to maybe ask them and request, is it okay if each week I send you a bit of an update on what I've done that week to progress towards my goal? Or can we book in to have a conversation once a week or or whatever time frame works for you? Although don't leave it too long between catch-ups because that's where you'll lose momentum. So that would be leveraging absolutely the data from that research. And remember too that you can apply this to any aspect of your life or work. So you can set goals that are purely about your professional life. You can set goals that are around your health, around your relationships, around your physical environment, around your personal development. So don't only focus on maybe one area of your life. Consider all the different aspects and then maybe choose a couple that are your biggest priorities. But the same principles apply no matter what aspect of your life you're trying to work on or to progress with this year. So that's really what I wanted to check in and share with you today. Um, And I guess one little story that I'll leave you with is I share these podcasts because, well, probably one, because I like talking, (laughs) as many of my friends and family like to remind me of. But also I feel like I want to share what I learn in case it helps you because I'm just so committed to supporting particularly women, but supporting people to live their best lives, to be doing work that they actually really love and to achieve a level of success that makes them feel fulfilled without pushing themselves so much like I've done in the past to burn out. And I think I still walk that funny little line between those two of feeling like, I'm driven and ambitious and there's lots of things that I want to do and achieve. And then sometimes I feel like, oh, I've taken my foot off the pedal too much and, you know, I'm chilling out too much. So I don't know if that's the Gemini in me or what, but I still find that balance is something that I am needing to be and choosing to be more consciously aware of. And one of the things that you probably would have heard me talk about if you've listened to the podcast for a while is that I'm a a passionate advocate for mindfulness meditation And I've been practicing it since 2014 and I've just started doing a 21-day mindfulness meditation challenge and 
I've been actually really loving it. And with the challenge, they invited and encouraged us to invite a friend. And so I did that and I've got a, a friend who's doing the challenge. And what's really great is that that straight away gives me a different level of accountability around the challenge. And because it's already a reasonably embedded part of my daily ritual, I'm not sure whether it is making the difference that I I'm, wouldn't do it or I do do it, but I'm noticing that I'm committed to doing it and checking in and it shows me ticking off each day that I do the meditation. It shows me my friend and whether um, she's been she's done it for that day, yes or no. But through the meditation challenge, there's been some reminders for me around the similarities between the approach that you learn through mindfulness meditation and life and goals. And one of the core tenets, I guess, if you like, of mindfulness meditation is the principle of, well, there's a couple actually. One is the principle of beginning again, an assumption that at some point your mind will wander, you will start thinking or you will get distracted from what your chosen point of focus was and that you, in that instance, shouldn't be beating yourself up for your mind wandering because that's just a natural state of human minds, but that as soon as you notice, you can then choose to redirect your mind back to what it is that you were supposed to be focusing on. And life is very similar, and goal action or non-action is also similar, where we can set the goal and have the intention, and sometimes we... We'll start out strongly and then distractions will come up and we'll drift. And it's what we do in that moment, I think, that defines whether or not we're likely to make progress and achieve our goal or not. In that moment, do we beat ourselves up, say that I'm a failure and throw the toys out of the pram? Or do we go, oh, that's right. I really wanted to do blah, blah, blah. And so I can begin again. So that's my invitation for you this week whether you have set a goal or resolution and you feel like you've already dropped the ball or if you haven't set goals yet and you intended to then either way you can still begin again begin today no judgment no drama no beating yourself up just make a start and options for you if you are wanting to make a start around setting some goals and making this year more about the year of you and more of what you do want and less of what you don't, I'm running my Redefine Reinvent goal setting workshop in Sydney again on Sunday the 20th of January. So if you're in Sydney, I'd love for you to come along and to spend some time, just a couple of hours prioritizing yourself and getting clear on what you want to do this year. And if you're not in Sydney, then I've created an online version of that workshop, which you can do no matter where you are, and you can start it straight away. And so I'll include the links to both of those workshops in the show notes so that you can check those out and you can potentially begin today. Have a great week. Thanks for listening to the Transit Lounge. If you liked it, please do me a favor and leave a review so I can keep doing more episodes for you. And come and say hi in the private Facebook group, The Transit Lounge, being CEO you in the business of your life. I really look forward to connecting with you there. And until then, do whatever you can to create a future that you will love through the choices you make today.